Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the day after the election day and passing judgment. I'm your host, Jessica Levinson. We are joined by the show's co-host and producer, Joe Armstrong. And we're going to talk to you about the state of the race right now, what we can expect, uh, what we frankly should have expected, but we're still surprised by, and what we might be looking to going forward, not just in the next week, but in the next month and in the next four years. Joe, did you get a courtesy at least five plus hours of sleep last night? Jessica, I got what I would call a Jessica Levinson approved six hours of sleep last night, which was six more hours than I got on election night in 2016. The implications of what a Donald Trump presidency would look like kept me up way past the witching hour and into the daylight where I went back to my radio job to talk about all these things. So let's talk about the state of the race. We don't have a ton of time. I know you've got a very, very busy slate of media appearances today. Are you okay? I know you did a lot of things yesterday. I am doing okay. Thank you for asking. You know, I remember as a college student, I'm dating myself here, watching Bush v. Gore. And I remember thinking the people who get to explain this and get to explain what is happening really are quite lucky. And so I certainly did not want to be of particular use this morning in the sense that you never want to talk about post-election litigation. But I am very happy to be able to talk to you about it, Joe, and to have a listener base that is tuning in. And we're very grateful for that. And I think that we should probably start with Something I feel a little bit foolish about because, Joe, you and I have said the words red mirage, meaning it's going to look good for President Trump on election night, and then blue shift, meaning as you count more ballots, particularly the vote by mail ballots, it will look good for Vice President Biden. And we have said things like false declarations of victory by President Trump. And we said it all, and I said it to my students, and I believed it at the time, and now that it seems to be happening, I just was still so surprised, and I just had a knot in my stomach watching it play out. Yeah, there is something very strange about being a human being. And I think that a lot of <laughs> yes. us learned yesterday that, you know, we, I, yesterday I used the metaphor of the slow motion plane crash for the election, which some people also might call the Super Bowl for ugly people. Uh, or uh, to use another funny metaphor, politics is theater for bad actors. But watching this slow motion plane crash yesterday just reminded me again how human I am and how subject to all the foibles of being a human I am and we all are. Because as we learned yesterday, talking about that plane crash is very, very different from experiencing it or watching it happen in front of you. When you're in the thick of it, it's very, very different than talking about it in the absence of that thing. And Joe, it shows us how human we are. And it shows us that I kept saying the words, red mirage, blue shift, false declaration of victory. But I still have to admit that somewhere I thought there's going to be a total repudiation of Trump and Trumpism. And we had a discussion with um, Sarah Longwell in a past episode who uh, was founder of an organization, uh, Republicans for the Rule of Law. And I talked to her and I believed it, and it shows us that where we are as a country, we don't know who's going to win the election, but we're deeply, deeply divided. And it's trite to say this, but we're so tribal. And it shows us that if you're a Republican, you come from a family of Republicans or a community of Republicans, it's going to be hard to move you to vote for a Democrat. And the same thing is true on the other side. This map, the electoral map, isn't going to end up looking 
all that different from 2016 or 2012 or 2008 because we tend to be in such silos. And I got sucked into this too. I thought, I know I'm saying these words, but certainly there'll be a repudiation there. And that's not the case, even if Vice President uh, Biden does win. Um, and it shows us how tied we are in terms of our identity to our party affiliation. Right. And I think that if I were a Trump supporter or a dyed-in-the-wool Republican, I would feel pretty good about what happened last night. It sounds oxymoronic to say, even if Donald Trump ends up losing, and we will talk about the numbers as they currently stand in just a second. But not only was it not a repudiation of or a refutation of Trumpism, whatever that even is, I think that the Trump people were very much validated by the electoral map last night. Millions upon millions, tens upon tens of millions of people, once again, filled out ballots at home, walked into voting booths and cast a ballot for Donald Trump. Now, keep in mind, before four years ago, Donald Trump was running on what he might do or what he said he would do. He is now, like all second term potential presidents, running on his record. People have watched everything he has done for the past four years and said, yes, that is still the man for me, which is a very sobering thought for Democrats. And, uh, you know, should put a little wind in the sails of Republicans. So now let's talk a little bit about the numbers as they look right now. We always knew that we wouldn't know the results by bedtime last night. That certainly proved to be the case. We also always sort of knew that Donald Trump would claim victory if he had some kind of perceived lead uh, late on Tuesday night on election night. In an announcement from the White House late last night, flanked by Melania Trump, Mike Pence and Karen Pence, he said the following. I want to thank the American people for their tremendous support. Millions and millions of people voted for us tonight, and a very sad group of people is trying to disenfranchise that group of people, and we will not stand for it. We won't stand for it. So, you know, those words may uh, may carry a lot of weight. We'll see as these numbers are counted out. So can we talk about those, Jessica? I've got some here. We can, and I just want to interject quickly and say, we've said it before, let's say it again, declaring victory has no legal effect. It's the same thing as me saying, I would like to be called, you know, Queen Millie Millie of all of the unicorns. It doesn't mean anything. What means something is when the votes are counted and they're certified and the Electoral College votes and the Congress accepts that Electoral College vote. And then frankly, you know, it's a little bit of I'll believe it when I see it on January 20th, Inauguration Day. So these false or premature declarations of victory. Again, President Trump, at this point, I do believe he has a narrow path. But Saying we won is simply not the case. And I just have to say it one more time. We always count votes after Election Day. It's just the fact that we can often project what could happen. But that's not the case here based on what happened Election Night. We always, always count votes after Election Day. There's nothing... I mean, imagine a situation. There's a box of votes, and these are the vote-by-mail ballots, and they came in uh, 10 days before the election. And you start counting at 11 o'clock at night. At 11.59, you're halfway through the box. And so you just have to set the rest of the box on fire. That just makes no sense. And um, Joseph, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Now let's talk about the numbers. Yeah, exactly. We should count all those ballots. I checked this morning just to be sure the American flag still has seven red stripes, six white stripes, and 50 stars on a blue field. There are a lot of votes, a lot of ballots. We should count every single one of them. And here's where the race currently stands as of this morning. And a little note here, the no, the... Uh, 
The news organization I am going with for these numbers is the Associated Press. It was the closest example to an unbiased source that I could find. They currently have the race at 238 votes for uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, 213 for current President Donald Trump. And here are the states that are still in play and where they are leaning. There are three states that are currently leaning blue, which are Nevada with six votes, Wisconsin with 10, and Michigan with 16. Added to uh, Biden's total of 238, that's an additional 32, gives him exactly 270, which is a, a, a victory, a narrow one, but a victory just the same. Flipping the tables on the Republican side, the states that are currently leaning red or learning, leaning towards the current president, Pennsylvania with 20, Georgia with 16, North Carolina with 15, and Alaska with a whopping three up there on the Northwest Territory, all leaning red, which is an additional 54 electoral votes, giving him 267. That is a three electoral vote lead for former Vice President Joe Biden. We shall just have to see how that plays out over the next few days and a little bit of information there. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf said this morning in a press conference, quote, we may not know the results even today, but the most important thing is that we have accurate results, even if that takes a little longer than we are used to. And that serves to your point exactly. We need to be patient and count all the votes. That is, as far as I can tell, just about the most essential element of democracy there is. You have an election, you count the votes, whoever has the most votes win, setting aside the Byzantine concept of the Electoral College, which we do have an episode about. You should go back and listen to that. We've got to be patient, Jessica. Slow me down. Slow me down. You'd think I was a coffee drinker. Let's just take a moment here. It is absolutely shocking to me that you don't drink caffeine. And I feel like a comparative addict next to you. And I actually try and have a very healthy lifestyle. And the idea that you are a hiker, a musician, a podcast producer, and co-host, and all of the other things that you do and you don't drink caffeine, can we just say that the lack of repudiation for Trump and Trumpism is not the only thing that surprised me? But let's move on and talk for a moment. We know where the state of the races, but President Trump said last night, you know, we're going to the Supreme Court. And there's a bigger question here about what role the courts might play. And I think that this is where I am right now, the morning after Election Day, which is I don't think that there is a legal challenge that could change the election, because you have to have a legal challenge in a state that is outcome determinative, meaning it would have to be that Vice President Biden needs Pennsylvania to win. And if he needed Pennsylvania to win, which it looks like he doesn't, but he might, then we're really off to the races in a battle to the death in terms of litigation, and it could reach the Supreme Court. And there are at least three members of the Supreme Court who have said legally, I think, troubling things about their role in deciding these election disputes. And and we'll save for another day the details of all of that. But if you look at Vice President Biden's path to victory, which is Arizona, Nevada, uh, Wisconsin, and Michigan, it does not, to me at this moment, look like there are viable legal challenges that could uh, be outcome determinative in those states. Again, where you'd really look for the litigation is if the whole race hangs on Pennsylvania. And then there is, of course, a lot to argue about the late arriving ballots and the so-called naked ballots that aren't put in the uh, correct secrecy sleeve. But 
for the country, it is so much better if the election is not decided by federal judges, if the election is in fact just decided by the voters. And then members of the Electoral College, and again, shout out Jesse Wegman. Thank you for that great episode on the Electoral College. It is truly an evergreen, and it will be really important for a long time. Joe, now should you be the one to slow me down? Yeah, perhaps there. And I have to note that the word viable is doing a lot of heavy lifting in your paradigm there. So if it does go to the courts, like say, for example, I didn't have the number even without caffeine to do all the permutations of those states in which way each of them went creating some kind of grid system to see if there is a tie. Is that even possible at this point? And what happens if that happens? No, a tie is not possible at this point. So at this point, what is possible, but I think very unlikely, is that there would be some massive breakdown in the Electoral College, which would mean that we, for instance, couldn't certify one of the states, and that nobody gets to 270, and then all of a sudden, hello, 12th Amendment, and we have a contested election, and the House decides. I really think that that is highly unlikely, but We are a podcast about politics and the law, and legally that is possible. Again, I do not think we're there, and I think we'll probably have a pretty good sense of where this race looks in the next 12 to 36 hours. (laughs) The longest 12 to 36 hours of my life and perhaps of modern American history as well. So, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And looking at so many pictures from last night, I can say I am happy to see that there, as of yet, has not been any civil unrest. Again, I heard some shouting, uh, not me personally, but read about some shouting taking place at polling places. But I have heard of no violence, so I hope that we can stick with that. And that gives me a little bit of hope for the future of our country. It is sobering, again, that the White House currently sits behind what they are calling an unscalable wall. And if there isn't a better metaphor that is indicative of the state of our republic, I don't know what is. And now, my dear Queen Millie Millie of all the unicorns, thank you for taking the time to join us on our podcast. Where do they find you on Twitter, Jessica? First you, Joe. You can find Joe across the socials, as he says, at In-Depth Day. He has a new song, and I think that we'll link to it on a page. It is a little outside of the theme of the podcast, but I totally enjoyed it. Joe is a really talented musician. You can find me on Twitter at Levinson Jessica. Listeners, we're going to keep you updated, and we will talk to you very soon. 